This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Alarm alert, listeners. Do you know what to do in an emergency or a disaster situation? COVID pandemic is upon us unforeseen. We couldn't have been prepared for this, but we can for other situations. Here today for... Um, from Civil Defence Emergency Management is Sharon Douglas and she's going to enlighten us about civil defence and what we can do for ourselves and others to be prepared for an emergency or disaster. So welcome Sharon. Thank you Anne. So what is civil defence or it's now called emergency management, is that what I understand? Yeah, so we've gone through a, a few changes um, recently. So you'll notice that the Ministry of Civil Defence has changed its name to the National Emergency Management Agency. Uh, but we're still under the same legislation and still following a number of the plans um, nationally, which then filters down to regionally and locally. Uh, so, But though that legislation is um, up for review along with the group plan and we're likely to see some some changes in the future. So um, that's to the structure and and that is it. Yeah. So there's just there's been a, a um, report that was written that has made a number of recommendations for changes in the future. Uh, some of those changes have begun uh, to be actioned. Uh, some of them will require legislative change. Um, and so, yeah, we find ourselves in interesting times. Um, but this process was actually beginning uh, before we had COVID on our um, horizon, on our horizons <laughs> and, and radar. Uh, so, yeah, but basically, it just it gives um, legislation and a plan for who needs to respond to what. So it, it, it talks about who's the lead agencies in an emergency and when it becomes time for emergencies to uh, be coordinated um, at a local level or a regional level and, or a national level. And sometimes we've got responses happening right across those levels as we did with um, the pandemic, particularly in 2020. All right, so um, basic, basically it's a, a plan to, to um, put into place for emergencies or natural disasters or, or whatever. Yeah, and it talks about, you know, it talks about the four R's. So it talks about response, which is probably what a lot of people think about when we, we talk about emergency management. Um but there's also recovery, uh, which is a lot longer, has a lot longer tail to it. Um, there's also reduction, so reducing the risk of uh, further harm to people or, or property. Um, and there is also readiness, and that's very much where when we talk about civil defence, we talk about all of us. 
Um, so not only do councils and government agencies have a role to play, but we all have a role to play. Uh, so thinking about those four R's um, is something that we need to do at home as well. Yes, so that's when they talk about having an emergency, for example, in an earthquake or fire, having a family emergency planned where you're all going to meet at the letterbox and those kind of things all incorporated in this. Yeah, and I I think the the best way to think about it is um, to sit down and have conversations and talk about um, different – so it's the, the emergencies that catch people off Guard is when people just plan for a, for one set thing, and all of a sudden there's a few dimensions to that that they go, oh, we haven't got a plan for that. Um, so being able to think about things like, well, if we lost power for five days, uh, how would we cope? Um, and you can have quite interesting conversations with your children around that one. Um, if we lost water. Um, for five days, what what would we what would we do then? Because yes, our supermarkets ha- uh, sell water, but as we saw in uh, twenty twenty with um, kind of panic buying, water would <laughs> yeah. be one thing that would go um, pretty quickly. Possibly toilet paper again, um, but it, but it is actually having a plan for what is it that we need to be able to. Sur- to survive and work out um, what we need to do next in an emergency. And that's where knowing your neighbours and being able to look out for one another, even when you don't know your neighbours, when something goes wrong, being able to knock on the door and say, are you okay? Right, uh, and is, is a <laughs> really good good way to um, just come together as a community. So in the first instance, you would suggest if you haven't got a neighbourhood support person, or is it called no, neighbourhood support, um, to actually think about uh, getting one into into vogue? Yeah, those, those types of things like neighbourhood support have a lot of value for in an emergency where people have already developed some kind of phone tree um, or they know one another, they can walk across and, and have conversations. Um, there are a lot of people that have no idea um, who lives in their street. Uh, they pass people every day and it's just about you know saying hello um, and doing some of those neighbourly things um, that bring people together. Um, For us, it's kind of, you know, if we've got surplus veggies in the garden, knocking on the doors and saying, hey, would you like some tomatoes or whatever it is that you've got a surplus of, that's a great way of building relationship with um, people. With neighbours in particular because that's your immediate um, source of assistance if if needed. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's like um, I've – Recently been dealing with a couple that lost their vehicles and their house was completely flooded out. So all of a sudden having your transport gone as well as your house completely flooded, yes, it's insured, but you you have to kind of think about now what? Um, Well, it's in the meantime till everything's sorted. Yeah, Um, and and the recovery side of it Mm -hmm. is, is a long tale. So who is it in my life? Um, like if you had to go and stay somewhere else for a, a period of time, what would your plan be? What would your preference be? 
Is it friends and family? Um, is it that your insurance policy actually covers um, a motel or whatever? A motel <laughs> for a, a period of time and being able to make some judgments and some calls around that is, is really helpful. So um, civil defence or emergency management is for everybody, you've already said. Um, uh, allied organisations, we've mentioned neighbourhood um, support. So are there any other allied organisations who are involved in um, emergency man- management? Yes, it's a huge <laughs> beast. Um, so an easy way of explaining it is for the Manawatu Wanganui region – we have the eight councils involved, so Horizons and seven district councils. And um, the mayors are involved in a meeting called the Joint um, Committee along with um, some top people in our hospital, our fire, our police, Ministry of um, Social Development. They come together and they meet quarterly. Um, and they kind of they help to give um, some guidance to direction, and they receive a lot of information coming uh, down around some of the legislative changes that might be coming out, um, and they help to guide information back to NEMA and also to the operational arm. So on the operational arm for the group, we've got layers, uh, which is a whole range of organisations that are involved in the response, but also the recovery. So that's all of our lifelines. Um, You know, the power um, providers, the cell phone and internet providers, rail, airport, uh, transport, sewerage, all of those... um, Lifelines, they meet um, and they discuss common uh, things that if one part of a, of a network was knocked out, what does it also affect? So, you know, logically for our hospital, um, you know, they need power, they need water, they, they need all of those things to, um, to be able to function well. And in an emergency, they may be you know, they may be inundated with people that are affected by the emergency. So we have a lot of priority areas that we would be focusing on um, in a large emergency, which means that we actually need community to be able to focus on looking after one another while we start to get some some work done on the big stuff that needs to happen um, as well, so that's why it used to be. Uh, you know, you could you need to prepare for at least three days, right? Um, and and now I would I would say extend that a little bit, um, so that you've got supplies to be able to look after um, yourself, or if you know that there are vulnerable people in your community and you've got some surplus and you can um, just offer them along, then, you know, that's the time that you you, you pass something over the fence. All right. So you've got um, and also organisations like the Red Cross and the Salvation Army and those ones also would be involved in some sort? Yeah, that's that, they're kind of critical to some of our welfare response. So there's a whole range of government and non-government organisations. Um, 
all of the different food um the food, food banks and the Just and, Salt here. Yeah, Just Salt, all of those um, networks, they become key as well and they stand up to meet um, community need and we have to kind of make some decisions based on what's impacted um, and what do we need to stand up and open. So if we needed to open a welfare centre, we would be looking at where's a safe place for people to go, um, which is why we kind of don't say um, here, here and here is where you go. Um, so it's really important that you listen to the radio for uh, what's going to open. So um, radio is still the most trusted source of information in an emergency. So um, like in the, in the recent flooding last month in December, um, the... St John Hall in, in Fielding, I assume that was up higher because it was flooding involved, whereas that may not be the case for, say, an earthquake. It might be somewhere else that they'd be safer to go. Yeah, so there's there's all those little factors um, that we look at very quickly to go what's safe, and it might be that's where we're dispatching our building inspectors and a number of key staff to go and check out an environment, but also Community can sometimes open a centre um, based on people have a need um, and then just get in contact with us and let us know what it is that that you've... Because you know, often many pe- schools and things are involved, aren't they? That's, that's right. How many people you've got there, what kind of needs um, there are, and we sort of assess over that, um, that short-term period what is it that we need to provide for people to get going. And... Um, and, and, you know, sometimes that initial shelter is just that. So a hall getting opened isn't necessarily going to have a camp stretcher and a, a no, corner exactly, like you see on, um, on some tallies. dry in yeah, the case of rain. <laughs> but it is, it is a space that is dry and hopefully you can, can get a warm drink and, and people weather through a storm together. Um, and then, you know, we, we move very quickly to, to have some things in, and put in place uh, to help people get through that initial response. So you have um, the structure, you've got the, well, it, it's government legislated, did you say, the structure yes. at the top. And these are the basic rules that everywhere, no matter where you are in New Zealand, are supposed to follow. Yeah, so a, a good example would be, um, so... The fire service is in charge of fires, yeah? Yes, yeah. Um, but they may call on civil defence to help out with some welfare when fire is threatening or has damaged people's homes or if people are needing to evacuate. So we certainly work as partners um, and fire would remain the lead command for the fire. Uh, but civil defence may become the lead looking after um, the... The victims. The, yeah, the, so the welfare yeah. side of it. Um, and, yeah, so the, so there's some definite kind of lines um, that are drawn that, that say who is the leaders. So for our pandemic, health is the leaders. Um, and there's a number of other... Uh, government departments that have become support agencies and have some things that they need to be able to carry out. Um, and when things get real messy, 
that's often when civil defence is is called on, and I guess I see the civil defence professionals role and those from council that join us in the room we're there to work what work the puzzle out we won't have all the pieces we need to kind of come up with a common operating um, picture so we need to gather a whole lot of intelligence work out uh, um, what our mission is and then what our plan is and then execute that plan. Right, so it's you can say, well, A, you do such and such and, and B, you stay away from that and you do this. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's it's very much um, teams of people looking at a lot of information um, and, you know, it's probably one of the hardest things in our sector is to keep up with um, – a lot of information that comes across social media um, can be really helpful to giving us intelligence. Uh, but sometimes there's also fake information that pops up in those feeds as well. Um, or, you know, people have got words that uh, they've put out there that aren't quite aren't quite, right. quite right. So, though. you know, there's a difference between a river topping its banks and a river breaking its banks. Right. Um, so to somebody reporting on social media that a, uh, a river has breached its its banks, it's broken its banks, um, that, yeah, that can cause quite, quite a bit of alarm um, and we need to kind of be able to verify that information and, and sometimes it is that it's it's topped its banks and it's, it's spilling over Um but yeah, we we take that information and we we take that intel, and we have to turn it into intelligence and verify. So breaking it, it, it it's, it's basically wearing away and is in danger of flooding surrounding places yeah. and topping. It's just sort of well, like a bath when it spills over a little bit. Yes, yeah. yes, and um, and that doesn't mean that that's not a dangerous situation no, for true. people, but it uh, not as bad. Yeah, it's not as bad. Uh, so being able to work out how bad are things, what is required. Um, and so part of, of our role is, is to be able to keep people calm in an emergency, give out some clear information about what we want people to do and what we want people not to do. That, I think that's just as important because a lot of people will panic and think, oh, I must do this. Yeah. So, well, uh, for goodness sake, don't go back into your burning house is, is an example, I would imagine, because they want to um, see if anybody else is in there or um, fetch the dog or whatever. Yeah, and, and sometimes it can be things like uh, the road is, has some flooding on it and uh, it's it's just after school time. It's and or it's getting close to after school time and and parents making a decision to drive through floodwaters to pick up their Johnny or Julie and pop them in the car and then drive back through floodwaters that can be really dangerous so actually having a plan and and an understanding of if a, if that circumstance happened what's the plan at school what's the plan at home and communicating that with your children like this, you know, it might be Nana, uh, you might have a plan that Nana can come and help or a neighbour can help pick up uh, the children and keep them safe. If the children know that, then they'll, they will actually kind of come through that emergency a lot better than never having discussed the plan. Right. Uh, so 
yeah, and the plan doesn't have to have all of the things worked out. It's just um, being able to to look at things that happen on TV and go, you know, if that affected us, what would our plan be? Mm-hmm. Um, what would we do? Yeah. So um, there, there are obviously paid civil defence or emergency management people because you couldn't have just any old willy-nilly doing things. Um, but how could a, um, a volunteer, for example, um, fit in? Are they needed and, and what sort of tasks and skills, etc., would they need if they were to be involved? Yeah, so volunteers are um, gold. Volunteers actually help and do a lot of the work um, that is required in an emergency. So we have lots of groups that uh, have volunteers that train for emergencies. So the likes of your Red Cross, um, Salvation Army is another um, community of volunteers that um, often respond to emergencies around um, New Zealand. Um, SPCA animals are a real, um, yeah, is, is something that we really have to um, respond to in an, in an emergency. We know that people won't evacuate their, their uh, homes if they can't take their animals. So um, actually having organisations like Hoo-Ha that's popped up and they often appear at many emergencies um, and work with animals for people that are evacuated. Um, so being able to join some of those existing groups, if you have a strong um, interest in that area, that builds um, a good base for those agencies to be able to respond in an emergency. We're lucky we've got a brilliant um, animal uh, vets um Vert, it's called, um, which is based out of Massey um, in terms of being able to respond to animals in an emergency. So they're a great asset to our region. Um, we have a uh, New Zealand RT4 team, which is a, a rescue uh, unit that um, practices in a whole range of skills from uh, dealing with um, flood situations and and flood water so they do a bit of um, swift rescue training they often support um, search and rescue Uh, they train in using radios Uh, they train in being able to help keep people calm Um, so having volunteers often when there's an emergency you'll see the likes of agencies of Red Cross and Salvation Army and the um, the rest teams going out and doing the initial door knocking. Um, so the number of professionals um, who are paid as emergency management officers like myself is very low. <laughs> um, so we're, we're kind of the small part of the team that actually just keep things ticking through in peacetime and work on those four R's, but we rely on on all of government and um, non-government agencies to help us. But there's also emergent volunteers um, that pop up. So if you remember the Christchurch earthquakes and the student army, um, they got out there and just uh, came together and did things that 
supported the response. They shoveled salt um, and they they helped people to be able to clear the yards as much as possible. So we get we end up with some emergent um, teams as well. Um, and so sometimes there'll be someone may put a post out on Facebook and say, oh, we need help with this, this and this. Um, and groups of people will sort of come together. Sometimes um, it's really good to talk to the emergency operations centre around your ideas because sometimes we can have great intentions but create more work but, but for mis- our <laughs> uh, community. Yeah. So how, how do um, people, you said, contact who, the emergency so in, a, in an emergency, um, the local council um, would be a good point of call to be able to offer assistance. Um, if you have uh, some ideas uh, around how you would like to help them, we can certainly um, discuss those. Good examples are like uh, sometimes people will encourage um the dropping off of clothing and bedding, even in, in the situation of a house fire. We need to make sure um, that we don't just end up with so much stuff being dropped that then somebody has to deal with what do we do with this now. And so that's often why we use existing channels um, to be able to get some of the things that people need. Um and yeah, so it's really good to kind of talk that one through. I can think of an example of of a house fire where you know Mum lost a double push chair um, and had twenty five offers of a, of, of push a chairs. Lady, yeah, right. so you know it just needs to to link in well with what's required. Because what would you do with twenty four push chairs? That's right. That's right. Well, I guess you'd soon find a use for them eventually. So goodness me, we're almost out of time. We've got about a, a minute left. So is there anything that you'd like to um, add or recap or uh, um, stress for us? I I think the 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 main thing to recognise is that for all of us, it is just about doing a bit of planning and. Um, so for some people, they will have a kit or a box at home that they've got as their getaway kit should they need to evacuate. For other people, they'll, they will think through what it is that's important that they would take. Um, and we have different personalities in our um, community. The main thing is for you to stop and think about where is my torch if I had no light? Right. Where is my um, good source of water? How would we cope if we couldn't use the loo? Uh, so we can't flush the loo. Um, what are we going to do? All those kind of little problems like that for at home. Um, yeah, great conversations to have with the kids uh, and come up with some really good solutions. So it's, it would be something good for them to do in schools as well. Yeah, and I think schools do play a part of doing some of this um, really good education. Um, I think it's just being able to, to, you know, have the conversation at home, have some fun with it, get the kids to make a, a, a toilet, see if you can use it. Right, and then it doesn't matter if you don't, you just spare it in the garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as long as it's decomposable. Yeah. Um, so, and are the, the pamphlets and things for the civil defence and, you know, are you prepared um, 
are those still available? Yes, there, we do have some resources that we often give out at field days and home shows and all of those kinds of events. But there's really good um, Get Ready website. Uh, so if you go into um, the NEMA website um, or you just type in Get Ready, Get Through, um, it'll take you to the website and it's got really excellent resources there. Um, And you can always contact your local um, council. We're more than happy to come out and do talks to groups. Um, And um, that's that's something that we uh, really enjoy, getting people engaged in their networks. Right. Well, thank you very much, Sharon. That's been most informative. So we'll look forward to seeing you um, later on in the year, perhaps when I can get some groups organised to hear you speaking. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Thank you. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.